Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The countdown is on to Eagles versus Buccaneers. Wild card football action this weekend. And here to get you ready and prepped for it are your Mac and Mac Birds 365, McDonald and McMullen. Uh, JM needs to be heading down to uh, the Novacare Complex to get his uh, COVID test so he can go down to Tampa. Not a bad gig and cover the game, uh, but he's got uh, tests to do today. The big test will come on Sunday, Johnny Mac, when the Eagles have to play Tom Brady and the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now you got a chance to Zoom with a lot of the key participants tomorrow. We know Nick Sirianni likes that competitive advantage, so you know he's going to play his cards close to the vest. But uh, get anything of significance? Anybody give you a little nugget that you thought actually shone a light on what could happen Sunday between the Bucks and the Birds? Um, I, I, I think mainly from Tampa's perspective, but real quick, before we jump into the game, Jody, I just want to, I, I want to congratulate, uh, the Eagles, Catherine race, who was the first, uh, female to be requested for a GM interview, uh, that became official overnight. The Minnesota Vikings requested, uh, to talk to Catherine. So I want to congratulate her for that. Uh, and it's, you know, she's closer than anybody else there. Uh, Susan Toast Spencer, uh, Leonard Toast's daughter, was the only uh, GM, but she was obviously promoted by her father way back in the 1980s. And so pretty historic thing. Pretty cool for the Eagles to to put somebody on that path. And also Brandon Brown is also going to get interviewed there as well. So two Eagles executives uh, getting the GM request. And uh, as for Tampa, what I was going to say, (laughs) a lot of Lou Holtzin going on, uh, especially from Tampa's perspective. Uh, You would think the Eagles are the 85 Bears, by the way, the Bucs are speaking. Uh, And from the Eagles, I I think the most interesting thing was that – you know, I brought it up. Uh, Jeff McLean got completely shut down by Jalen Hurts about his first playoff uh, uh, start versus Tom Brady, who's obviously going to be starting in his 46. But I did get some good stuff from Dallas Goddard. He admitted, uh, you know, it's pretty fun to be on the same field as as somebody like Rob Gronkowski at his position, even though those two don't play each other obviously it's still pretty cool for guys like that dallas goddard who's a rising star in this league a tight end going against you know one of the best two or three tight ends of all time uh let me respond to a couple things you said uh congrats to Catherine rice you're right even an interview is an accomplishment for a position like that Uh, my question to you would be if uh uh, you, I know that uh, you're going to be in the complex today, but uh, probably not in an area where you might run into Catherine Reich. But there's stranger things happened if uh, you and she happen to bump into the, each other. Would you give the Minnesota area a thumbs up 
because you're a guy who did some quality time in Minnesota. I know if she's offered the job, she's going to take the job because of what the job means. But if she said, Johnny Mac, do I really want to go live in Minnesota? Your response would be? Uh, yes and no. It's it's both a wonderful place to live and a miserable place for about two months, uh, really three months probably in the winter. So I did it in my younger days. Now I, I step out here and I say, oh, why is it so cold? And this is like nothing. I mean, nothing compared to what it was out there. So you do get used to it. Uh, but, you know, we talked about uh some of the best jobs open around the league. They, they right now they have the best facility in the NFL, or if it's not the best, it's number two to Dallas. So that from a executive standpoint, uh, that kind of stuff is more important. You can, you can get over the weather. (laughs) I shouldn't say that, but it's not fun. The weather's not fun. So yes. And a, and a no. Gotcha. Um, and I had never heard you use the reference. I've been saying it on the air for 25, 30 years, the Lou Holtz treatment, because he was, he took it to a new level and no one has ever uh, equaled Lou Holtz on being able to pump up the competition before a game that he would come in. Yeah. I, I, Army versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a 38 point favorite. And you would think that Army was, or Navy was, excuse me, a uh, uh, playoff contender, a championship contender. He would talk up major mismatches like no one else I had ever seen, and he made me laugh every single week. Uh, so it's funny that you go there with uh, Tampa Bay because I've been using that same exact comparison for decades talking about football. Um, but the, the Bucks are also a smart organization. You don't give another team bulletin board material before the game. It doesn't take all that much thought to be able to talk up your opponent. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what smart teams do. So it doesn't surprise me that Tampa's gone down that road. No, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Tom Brady's been doing that for years. And, uh, you know, uh, Eagles fans don't like it when they think they're being uh, you know, patted on the head. Shined on, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, and, and obviously most fan bases, and you know that better than most, because obviously uh, your your favorite team uh, wrought in a lot of ways Tom Brady on the rest of the NFL. So the Jets are responsible for that. Um, but, you know, there's been such misery. And that's why there's such joy when you finally beat the guy like the Eagles were able to do in, in, in Super Bowl 52. And you could see um, another sort of, unleashing unwave of emotion if the Eagles are able to pull off this upset because look that's I I joked when I went to Raw on Monday night Jody I wrote about this in Philly Mag Becky Lynch was there you're a wrestling guy so for people who don't know Becky Lynch uh she's very over shall they say with the crowd and she came down in this outfit and and on the back and blazoned on the back was goat greatest of all time and I said, you know what? Becky can make a serious conversation in her industry to be the GOAT. Uh, but there's some other people in the conversation. Tom Brady, nobody else is in the conversation anymore. This is the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, and any time you could beat him, that's, that, is, that is what they call a signature win. 
who it would be if the Eagles get it this week. Unfortunately, they had a chance for a signature win earlier this year against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and they didn't quite cash in those chips. But they get a second chance on Sunday. Um, no you down there again. Not much access. Uh, the Eagles had a walkthrough. Walkthrough Wednesday is what it's become the second half of the year, and they're not going to change just because it's the playoffs. So even the injury list is an estimation. It's not a a, a locked-in stone listing and or a belief of what the injuries are going to look like come Sunday with the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been asking this question all week, and we're all assuming that the Eagles are going to be good there, but is the running back position going to be something they're going to have to make a choice of because all their backs are going to be good enough to be in the lineup for the game against the Bucks? Yeah, I think the most positive part of, of that injury report was Jordan Howard wasn't even on it. So that's a clear. Miles Sanders was on it and limited. So an indication that he would be back at practice, and that's an indication that uh, the Eagles are planning to play him. Uh, and it makes sense. I mean, that's what happens in the playoffs. You see it in Tampa. I mean, Tampa uh, uh, designated Levante David to return. Uh, Leonard Fournette, they're hoping to get back. Gio Bernard, they're hoping to get back. Uh, out in Green Bay, they're not even playing this week, and they designated Zadarius Smith to return. So that's what you do. I mean, if somebody's sort of 50-50 and it's a playoff game, well, you might err on the side of caution in the regular season. It's the exact opposite in, in the postseason. If guys, uh, if if they're questionable, if they're legitimately questionable, they're going to try to play, and that seems to be the case with with Miles Sanders. Good for Miles, and the only thing that concerns me about Miles is uh, trying to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that if uh... They can hand it to him. He'll get a good enough grip on it. I'm not worried about ball protection there. I think I, he, he put the ball on the ground a couple times early in the season, and people got overly concerned with it. I don't think of Miles as a fumbler, but got to catch the ball. And Miles is not the greatest receiver out of the backfield, and if he's doing so with a limited hand, I don't think that is going to be a number that the Eagles are going to be calling all too often. But uh, you and I both know uh, that a lot of times you can have a play designated to go to a certain player and not designated, and you got to check down. And uh, the best laid play, some plans of mice and offensive coordinators go by the boards as soon as the other team's defense starts coming at you. So I, I hope Miles Hand is up to the task on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if you officially went on record with this when we were discussing uh, the backfield situation. The Eagles have used three backs all year, active roster on game day. And right now they got four guys. I know that some people are uh, clamoring for them to use their fifth running back as their kick returner on Sunday. That's got no chance of happening. But the four back game well played very well, filling in for all three other guys last week. And we know that uh, their hottest streak in the year came with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard carrying the ball. And Miles Sanders is their most talented back. How if if all four are good to go physically? How is the roster going to shake out at running back Sunday versus the Bucks? Well, all four are going to be there because remember, uh, Kenny Gainwell took over as kickoff returner for Jalen Rager before uh, that final regular season game in the final um, in the finale against the Cowboys. Uh, remember. Uh, Miles wasn't there. Boston wasn't there. Jordan wasn't there. So Kenny Gainwell 
had to be the, the, the top running back. And that's what sort of spearheaded Huntley into that kick returner role, which he, he did very well, but you revert back to having all your guys and all four are going to be active and, and Ken, Kenny's going to be the kickoff returner. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to get much time in the offense other than perhaps a game planned special look. We've been talking for a while about him at receiver. And, you know, this is when you pull out that kind of stuff, Jody, this is, uh, you know, he's been working for weeks with both the receivers and the running backs. Maybe they got something that they want to unleash because this is a game where you're a significant underdog and you're going to have to pull out a play or two uh, that maybe surprises the Bucs. So maybe you get your wish, maybe you get a little weird Kenny Gainwell look as a receiver, but not, but the larger question, not a meaningful, consistent role on the offense. That's going to be miles and, and Jordan. And if one of those gets banged up, then it's Boston Scott. All right. I do want to run a couple things by you from, uh, what I was doing before the show started today, I get up every day, uh, get the dog out, uh, get some coffee brewing and throw on the TV and watch two shows before you and I uh, jump here on uh, Birds 365. One of which is uh, NBC Sports Philly morning show uh, on today's Tuesday, Tuesday mornings. They always have ready Seth go. Our buddy Seth Joyner doing a segment with him and it's almost always great. But today I had a question about it because I don't know that math was ever Seth's strongest suit. Uh, they were asking about how the Eagles were going to be able to uh, get the job done on offense. He said, well, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw it 30 to 35 times. So really? Is that the case, Seth? Um, we'll go with the smaller of the two numbers at 30. But then he followed it up with, I'm guessing the run-pass ratio is going to be about 65-35 which meant two to one runs to pass, which means if Jalen Hurts is going to throw it 30 times, That's... then that means the Eagles are going to run it 60 times. That's 90 offensive plays for the Eagles. Are they just going to go seven first downs down the field every single time they get the ball? Johnny Mack, we know they want to run the football. We know that's key for them, but they can't get that kind of a balance in this game against the Bucs defense. It's just not possible, is it? Oh, did we lose Johnny Mac? Oh, we'll have to uh, reestablish with uh, John McMullen, my usual co-host. Uh, he's got to get down to the uh, Novacare Complex today for uh, testing uh, and make sure that he's good to go down to Tampa. Um, don't know if you heard it before the line dropped on us, John. Uh, Seth uh, Joyner didn't have numbers that worked. Uh, Jalen Hurts throwing it. Yeah, I got it. That would be 65-35. And he was throwing it 30 times. So I will say this, if that works out, the Eagles are having a great, great offensive day. Uh, they're running a lot of offensive plays. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you probably uh, obviously don't even want them throwing it 30 times, never mind 35 times, uh, more in the low 20s. I, I would say you want probably twice as many. You know, I don't have a problem with the percentage. You, you probably want uh, twice as many run plays. Adding in, remember, coupling in Jalen's runs, which we expect to be closer to the pre-ankle injury. That's why the Eagles sat him, and, and he wasn't limited at all uh, on the estimation. 
in yesterday's uh, practice. So when you add in six to eight Jalen Hurts rushes and, and mo- maybe design rushes and then uh, a couple scrambles as well, um, you can get up pretty high uh, as far as actual running the football. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's counterintuitive to, to what you want to do in the so-called modern NFL where everybody screams at everybody on Twitter and everybody says you got to go for it on fourth down and everybody says you got to throw the ball and this and that. And typically, I agree with them, but there are times when you have to be savvy enough to realize – you don't have um, what it takes to keep up with the team offensively, and you have to go with more of an old school mentality, and that's drain the clock. And you know, people, it's interesting because people in Philadelphia largely love that uh, style of football. And, you know, national people who cover the NFL kind of laugh at it and say it's antiquated and that, but it can work on a particular. Sunday on on a large sample size, it's not going to work consistently, but it can work on one game day, and that's that's what the Eagles have to do against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you know, we also got a, a chance to talk Jody with Bruce Arians yesterday, and we asked him about the weather, and he laughed and said what uh, I think Rob Motti and some other Tampa Central Florida people have said. You know, we're talking about the weather on Tuesday or, or, or Wednesday, and now it's Thursday. And Bruce will say, wait five minutes, it, it'll change. It might be 80, 82 degrees and sunny. Uh, you don't know how things are going to work out in Tampa. So he, he didn't seem very concerned about the weather. Well, as a guy who spent his fair share of time in Florida and specifically more on the Gold Coast and the East Coast, that's overstated. If you're talking about Miami, yes, the weather can change in in ten minutes. Uh, it's unpredictable, and you got to always have a potential uh, slicker or a uh, an umbrella, or whatever. Not as much on the golf course. If Arians was doing that, he might have been doing it just to pimp you guys a little bit. It's not. Uh, my father's been living on the uh, Gold Coast of Florida for 35 years. It's not as uh, variable of weather as it's is on the other side of the state. Um, but uh, let me ask about Jalen. You brought up Jalen Hurts and the uh, running attack that he could now re-add if his ankle is that much closer to 100%, which I believe. Do you think it's going to be called runs? Do you think it's going to be pass plays where uh, his first option isn't there, his second option isn't there, he's feeling pressure, and he decides, I'm going to take, take off and make plays with my legs. If Jalen, as a runner, is going to be part of the offense, maybe even a key part, design plays for him to run the football or plays where he is forced to run the football because the pass that they were looking for just isn't there. Well, it, it, again, it depends what your definition is. Uh, obviously you're going to have, you're going to give him the option. You're going to, you're going to have the RPO back into the equation where he can read the, the right, let, unblocked. Let, let me, let me interrupt there. Uh, and I apologize. Uh, assuming Seth's a little off with his math and the, Eagles don't run 90 offensive plays on Monday, more like uh, 60. How many RPOs do you think they're actually going to have in the game plan? Uh, Well, I I think a large part depends on his health. So we have to see how how healthy he is. Um, I I think, you know, 
if you look at how the Eagles had to go about it for the past month, basically, since the injury, uh, they really took that part out of the offense because he was limited and it, they didn't want him running the football and they were playing opponents that they thought they could beat anyway. Uh, and it turned out that they were correct. So uh, it's probably a prudent thing to do. Uh, now, again, we go back to being a significant underdog. So that's the change there. You're playing a better opponent. Uh, Nick's been pretty consistent saying, we need our entire arsenal, our entire offense at our disposal uh, to, to win this type of game. Uh, so I, I do think if he's healthy, if he's capable of running it, uh, you're going to see it and you're going to see a lot more of it. And, you know, that's what the Eagles do well. And they've said it, you know, when they kicked off this run of, of running the football, so to speak, and they had that seven-game stretch where they ran it for 175 yards uh, or more each game. I, I can't tell you how many times they said plus one, plus one. It's because of Jalen uh, and the offensive line. Uh, you, let's give them some credit. But uh, it's because of Jalen and everybody's afraid of him on the backside. Everybody's afraid that he's going to pull it and and – and race out so if you have that at your disposal and he's healthy enough to run it yeah it's going to be back i i mean you're going to see it i i would say eight to ten times now what he does with uh uh the decision depends on what you know jpp's doing or if it's jack barrett so i i mean if they bite um he's going to hand the ball to the running back if if not, he's gonna he's gonna try the backside and see what happens. So I, I mean that might be the biggest strength of the Eagles offense. Okay. Uh just a prediction, and this is what we do. We look in our football crystal balls and try and project and guess as to what's gonna happen. I'll use your number. I'll use the lower of the two numbers, eight. Um, under eight RPOs that they actually run. And if they run seven, again, just use the numbers. Uh, Jalen keeps it two or three times. I don't think it's going to be near as fa big a factor as the coach may be letting on, um, maybe planting a seed. He did went down the plant analogy with us earlier this year. He's trying to plant a seed in the head of the Buccaneers. Uh, I'll believe you when you tell me, and there everyone's saying that Jalen is as close to 100% as he has been. Uh, they used more RPOs at the beginning of the season when the team was bad. When for their own reasonable decision to become a running team, they took the RPO aspect out of it. They had more success when it was out of it. They haven't used it of late because Jalen has been hurt. Why would they return to it? What What is the, if you're well, going. Well, they used it uh, a lot. Again, it, it, it's all definition. But one, I think one where health is the most important part. If you want to call it a zone read, if you don't want to call it a traditional RPO, whatever you want to call it, when when he reads the edge defender um, and, and he has the option uh, to either hold on to the football or hand it off to the running back, that's what I'm talking about. That's you're going to see eight to ten times if he's healthy. Now, if they take out the pass option, okay, I, I you know, because that's what they did from the beginning uh, to the end. So it's kind of, 
you know, it, it's it's an intricacy of zone read versus RPO, traditional RPO. But from the quarterback mechanic standpoint, I used to have this uh, discussion with Chip Kelly, uh, you know, because he would get frustrated that, that people didn't understand. Like, you know, people would say he's calling an RPO with Sam Bradford. Well, no, he was calling his own read. Everybody knows Sam Bradford's not going to not going to run the football. In, in the case of of Jalen, he might run the football, obviously, but you might not want him throwing the football. So it's just the semantic definition. My my point is more of the mechanics, and they never stop doing the mechanics. So maybe the better term here would be zone read. Uh, they never stop those mechanics from the start of the season um, to uh, through their 175-yard stretch uh, when they became the top-ranked. Uh, rushing offense what changed was they took the passing part of it away and said we're just going to run the football um so again it depends what what your definition is all right i need a definition on who's going to stop rod gronkowski i asked rod Marty this yesterday when he was on the show i didn't ask it of you uh gronk right now is playing good football he had the big game this past sunday Maybe his numbers were a little inflated because Brady wanted to see him get his incentives for uh, yardage uh, over the season, uh, over the course of the season. But he just showed he's still capable of doing that. And while the Carolina Panthers weren't a great team in the second half of the season, they are a professional football team and they couldn't come close to stopping him. It's an issue, John, because I just don't think the Eagles have the type of players to cover Rob Gronkowski. Their secondary guys, safeties and or Avante Maddox are a little on the small side compared to Gronk. Uh, their linebacking core is not a great pass coverage group. Somebody's got to have to cover Gronk. I guess you can double team him because he might be their best receiver. I would think they'd try and do that with Mike Evans. But if you want to leave him on an island with Darius Slay and bracket Gronk on every single play, how are they going to stop the monster tight end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, I, I think what you said last there is going to be the plan going into the game. And then you sort of adjust from there. So I, I do think they'll let Slay try to take uh, care of Mike Evans on his own and throw a bunch of different looks at, at Rob Gronkowski. And then, you, you, in essence, you're saying what, the Bucs would say to a lesser degree to the Eagles, we're going to try to stop Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard in the passing game. And, you know, if Jalen Rager or Quez Watkins can beat us, so be it. Well, I think it's the same from the Eagles' perspective. If Tyler Johnson or uh, whoever, I don't, I don't think Cyril Grayson is going to play, uh, whoever their third sort of target is going to be, and it might be the running back, whoever – if Leonard Fournette is able to get out there, or Gio Bernard or whomever, whoever the third sort of option is going to be, you, you, you sort of say, all right, let's see if this guy can beat us. And you feel a little bit better. I think that's how the Eagles will start. Um, and because they don't have anybody. But you know what, Cody? Nobody has anybody that could deal with Rob Gronkowski um, when he's healthy and when he's feeling right and the past two games he's looked healthy and he's feeling right because he's piled up like 250 yards over over the last two games so 
Um, you know, the closest we talked about that Saints game a little bit. That that's the closest you get. And I don't think there's a more physical safety in football than Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, and the Eagles don't have him anymore. So that that's sort of the best you can get uh, when dealing with a Rob Gronkowski is the most physical safety. And, and yeah, the Eagles don't have that, that player right now. But I, I don't think a lot of teams have that player. So same as Mark Andrews, same as George Kittle, same to a certain extent with a younger player with Dallas Goddard. When you have that matchup problem, um, you just got to throw a bunch of different coverages and brackets and players at them and, and do the best you can. Eagles are going to try and run the football. We know that. Uh, we'll see how the scoreboard dictates the game. If they've got the lead and can play from ahead, they can run the football. We know their offensive line is good enough. As good as the Tampa Bay Buck defense is, and I think it's very good. Um, if the Eagles run their game, I think with the offense, they're going to be able to move it uh, via the ground. If they fall behind, will the coach down 10 nothing middle of the second quarter, if they're getting that perfect two-to-one run-to-pass ratio, will he be ready to uh, uh, move away from that and give Jalen Hurts a chance to make the uh, plays downfield? Will he wait all the way till the second half and judge the scoreboard as to how many points Eagles are down? We know they want to be in the lead. And if they are, then, yeah, they get to dictate terms. But if they're not, when do you think Sirianni has to make his adjustment and say, all right, even though we know, they know, everybody knows our strength is running the football, uh, the balance has got to switch a little bit here because the scoreboard is dictating it. Yeah, I I mean, that's the biggest concern, and that's what can happen to the Eagles. I I think a 14-0 game would cause that, you know, and I think really it's more of a – a mental hurdle than say 10, nothing, uh, certainly three possessions does it. Um, but if you're a 10, nothing, it seems a little bit better, uh, than 14, nothing, even though it's still a two possession game. Uh, I, I think that 14, nothing would cause some, um, uh, concern, some itchiness, so to speak. And then you start shipping and saying, because remember one thing, Jody, it's one thing to be down, 14 nothing against or 10 nothing. We'll use the Washington football team uh, down 10 nothing to the Washington football team. And you know, look, as long as the defense settles down and gets things under control, they're not going to score a ton of points. If you're down 10 nothing or, or 14 nothing to Tampa Bay, you know that's not it. You know they're capable of putting up more. It's not all of a sudden going to get better. And that's the problem when you play an explosive offensive team uh, and you get behind. You you can't have the same framework if you're dealing with a team you know that isn't that explosive. And maybe they got a short field and maybe they took advantage of the big play and you're down. You know, maybe outside of Philadelphia, the best example of that was the Houston-Kansas City playoff game, which everybody thought was over a couple of years ago. And the uh, Texans scored whatever it was, 28 points. And uh, you're like, oh, Andy Reid can't do it again. And they just kept coming and coming and coming. And it ended up a blowout on the other side. Uh, that's how explosive Kansas City was at, at the time. Um, so it, it's a lot different 
than Tampa with Tampa Bay with someone like Tampa Bay than somebody like Washington. And if you get behind 14, nothing, you start to get antsy and you should be getting antsy because (laughs) the opponent plays into this as well. And I know Zach Berman, our buddy tried to get Shane Steichen to talk about that and he didn't want any part of it. And I was trying to get Nick Sirianni to talk about, but he was filibustering yesterday. And I think there were seven questions and I'm going to get this question in at some point to the offensive coaches, because we always ask offensive coaches about Todd Bowles and the defense for obvious reasons. But how does Tom Brady affect their game plan? Because they know that and they know they can't afford to get down 10 or 14, nothing because the scoring on that side probably isn't going to stop. So their mentality and their plan has to change. You are, we are 100% right. I hope you get a chance to get that question in because sure. Uh, if you're the offense quarter, you know, you're going to need 28 points. Chances are Brady's going to get 28 points. You want to play, even get it to the overtime. You're going to have to get at least 28 points. So you have to have a long ranging game plan that includes, I believe that number. All right, last thing, JM, because you and I always have fun with this, and then we'll let you get to your testing. Uh, Our friends at Pro Football Focus, which we haven't had our guy on, Brad, in a while. We really should. We'll probably wait till the season's over and done with. But uh, you and I quote these numbers, look at these numbers, analyze these numbers all the time. I have a love-hate relationship with Pro Football Focus because sometimes I have my own evaluation, watch games, watch them on TV. I don't get game film like they do. So they have more access to certain information, but I have my own opinion. So sometimes they align and we're in simpatico, and sometimes I go, what the are they looking at? How can they come up with that number? Uh, They gave the Eagles top 10 player grades yesterday, the entire year ranking them from every single game, uh, dividing by 17, who are the highest-ranked Eagles players. Did you see these yet? I did not see them yet, but I, I, I know who they think is playing pretty well. So okay, probably... well, then tell me who you think they have as their number one graded Eagles player. Uh, I, I, I think uh, I'm trying to go down the list. Uh, it's got to be... Uh, Darius is, is pretty high, but the offensive linemen are always higher. I, I think it might be Jordan. Jordan Mailata is their second highest ranked player. Second. Who am I missing? Uh, defensive end. Darius, TJ. TJ is pretty high, but I don't think he's that high. Um, I don't know who's who's first. I will Lane? tell you, Darius Slay Darius? is the uh, only defensive player in the Eagles' top six rankings. Of yeah. their top six players, Darius is their only defensive player, and he's fifth. So, who do you think is second? Uh, I, we established my lot is second. Who do you think is first? I I thought Jordan was ahead of Lane. Uh, so it Jordan can't be would Lane. be ahead of Lane because he is fourth. Yeah, and I think he's ahead of Kelsey. Oh, he would be ahead of Kelsey because Kelsey is third. Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard was their number one ranked player. Dallas, Jordan Mailata, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Darius Slay, one more, make it an even half dozen. Who do you think was their sixth highest ranked player? Mm. Jalen Hurts. That's correct. 
He is their sixth highest ranked player, and he is the 12th ranked quarterback in the National Football League. Now, I like Jalen Hurts. I want to see Jalen Hurts stay as their quarterback. I hope he puts up a good effort on Sunday. I'm not sure he can win, but I hope that he isn't the reason the Eagles lose, that Brady's just too tough and uh, they put up 30 points and Jalen hangs in the game and makes it competitive and he's forced to make some plays throwing the football and he throws it well enough because I want to see the young man succeed and I want to see him come back as Eagles quarterback next year. He can't be the 12th highest rated quarterback in the league this year. You just can't come up with that. How do they come up with that number that he's in the top 12? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit high for me as well. But, you know, I start to think about it. And, and one of the reasons, like, I, I don't like, you know, we've had this discussion. I don't like passer rating all that much because it doesn't take into it. It, it is what it is. In fact, one of my pet peeves is when people call it quarterback rating because it's not quarterback rating. It's passer rating. It's only taking into account somebody's passing. And when somebody has a good passer rating, yeah, guess what? They can throw the football. They can, they can, they've done a good job throwing the football. No arguments there. But it doesn't even take into account the Jalen Hurts of the world, their running ability, the stress that we just talked about, Lamar Jackson, and and all those types of quarterbacks that add stress that way. And that's where uh, the PFF grades, and not only them, uh, uh, ESPN does a a quarterback rating that uh, puts it in as well. Uh, those are probably better indicators. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the whole list. They've had him there for a while now, like right outside the top 10. I, I don't think I'd have much lower than that. Uh, if you look at the rest of the league and how it's uh, shaken out. Uh, but I think a, a large majority of his success is, is spearheaded by the running game. And that's, that's why um, it's so important that he's healthy and it's so important that he's a part of that running game in, in Tampa. If you're just looking pure passer, he's not 12. He's not 12. But if you do have, uh, and you correctly should put the running game into it, then yes, it elevates him. Don't know that it makes him the top 12, but certainly higher than 20. It'll be that's going to be a key aspect of that game. John, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. How much will Jalen Hurts' running factor into this game on Sunday? You think seem to think a little bit more than I do, but hey, I'm ready to be wrong if Jalen's going to rush for 80 yards on Sunday. The Eagles' uh, chances to bully upset absolutely increase. JM, I don't want to put the kibosh on you, so expect to be talking to you tomorrow morning. A already passed non-COVID carrier. And you can take your rack down to Tampa on Sunday. Well, you'll be talking to me either way because I feel fine. I, I, you know, but people feel fine and fail this test all the time. So I am a little worried about this one. But I, either way, I'll be here. So no worries and there. He's, he's just like uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, no rat poison for him. Uh, the moment will not be too big for McMullen testing today. JM, talk to you tomorrow morning. All right. Thanks, Jen. Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. John McMullen doing the uh, testing thing, so that's why we punched him up as a guest. Uh, a little bit of a different show today. We will have a Tampa guest in hour number two. But coming up next, yours truly joined by the boss, Joe Krause, going to hop aboard. Here with us on Birds 365. 
This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. And the homestanding Philadelphia Eagles. This is Birds 365. The boss is in the house. Joe Krause, who's going to, what, what What color is that on there? How do you get to wear green? You're not in front of a green screen like me. I can never wear green. I got to wear this red. You get to wear all the green you want, Mr. No Green Screen. Yeah, that's because of the, uh, the backdrop is self-created back here. No green screen, Jody Mack. But great to jump on. Uh, Birds 365, good dialogue with you and Johnny Mac. Love to listen to the uh, experts. And boy, it's exciting uh, looking ahead to the game uh, on Sunday, despite the expectation of what will be 
uh, a cha- uh, challenging from a weather perspective, uh, really fun stuff. And it's great. Uh, it's great to have meaningful football conversation uh, right now leading into Sunday. I know John uh, relayed uh, Bruce Arians thoughts about the weather on Sunday that, Hey, down in Florida can change at any minute. Well, uh, maybe on the East coast, not as much on the West coast. I think he's overstating it, but there is a significant chance of rain in the forecast for Sunday's game. I said this here yesterday on bridge 365. I'll say it again. If there is rain, I think it favors the Eagles because they want to be a run dominant team. That is what's been most successful for them this year. And with their big beef offensive line, if the trenches aren't as sharp as they can be because the surface is a little bit slick, give me the massive guys. Give me the ability to run the football. I think it would be a plus for the Eagles if the game is played in some kind of rain. Yeah, Jody Mack, I agree with that. As a matter of fact, I'll go. Uh, I'll say this. If the Eagles' first 20 plays are within the first quarter of play, in Tampa, Eagles will win the football game. Uh, you, you know, so uh, I think they're going to have to lean on that a lot. That's an obvious statement, and I think the head coach is going to have to resist the need to get away from that game plan. Ground and pound, old school football, run the football. Um, and again, that's an obvious statement, but that that sometimes is hard to live with um, when the game's in real time. And I do have faith, Krause, that uh, the head coach will heed your words, that I think he's got every intention to come in and do the ground and pound thing and try and dominate this game on the ground. But the one thing that can always change that is a scoreboard. If uh, Tom Brady is throwing touchdown passes and you look up and they've already got a 14 spot on the scoreboard by the end of the first quarter, well, then guess what? You need to react. It's great to know what your strengths are and want to lean on your strengths, but sometimes the course of the game can make you change your course of what you have to do. So the first quarter of this game is going to be so important. You just say if the Eagles can get 20 plays in the first quarter, oh, yeah, that would be a major plus if it's the case. But to do that, they're going to need to run the ball right off the bat, not get off to a slow start, which we've seen some of over the last several games. And number two is they got to have a defense that's going to get off the field a little bit in the first quarter. You can't give up the 10 or 14 points in the fourth quarter because then the situation is going to dictate what you want to do on offense more than anything else. Yeah, I know your partner, Johnny Mack, always talks about the guts of the game um, and and you're spot on. In the guts of the game this uh, week in Tampa is one player that we did not have to face. And I'm sure you've talked about it already. And that's Rob Gronkowski. Uh, He did not play in that game going back in whatever it was week six or week seven, whenever we played Tampa here, uh, Gronkowski is going to be the factor. He's going to be the variable uh, from an offensive standpoint for Tampa Bay, Jody Mack, that will determine what that front four is able to do uh, because Jonathan Gannon, um, is going to have to play a similar defense to what he's played. He's going to have to resist trying to pressure Brady, and it comes down to the front four. They're going to have to get to Tom. Very true. And I know that 
Jonathan Gannon is a guy who splits the Philadelphia Eagle fan base. There are some that like him, that look at the numbers, that use the analytics and go, hey, the guy's doing a job. Just because he doesn't do it the way that this fan base usually likes to see it be done, uber aggressive with blitzing and uh, pressuring with corners, uh, mano a mano on the outside. He, He has gotten the job done this year more often than not. Do you really think he's going to change this week? I know that uh, sometimes that's the best plan is to throw something at him that no one is expecting. Do you think there's any chance that he goes all Buddy Ryan or Jim Johnson on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and gets that more aggressive than we've seen all year long? No, I don't think so. And if he, I mean, if that's the case, the OC on the other sideline, Byron Leftwich, which I'm a big fan of uh, Byron Leftwich, uh, we'll end that. We'll end any thoughts of that. I think pretty quickly with uh, you know in terms of their ability to exploit this defense. Should that be the case? So uh, again, Jody Mack, uh, you've got your front four, the big uglies that are down. They got to get home. You know that's where your pressure is going to come from. If they can't get home, Brady's going to have a field day. And uh, unfortunately, Eagle fans, this is the way that I see this happening. And it's not, it's possibly good, but not definitely good. Josh Sweat has actually played very well these last couple of weeks. Monster game, uh, the next to last game, the Dallas game. Of course, he didn't play because none of the starters played. But the game before, he was a game wrecker and has truly picked it up the last quarter of the season. But he's going up against Tristan Wirfs this week, who might be the best right tackle all apologies to lane johnson because he's been more healthy than johnson has might be the best right right tackle in 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 all football so i don't expect another game wrecking performance from josh sweat not because of lack of effort but it's a true competitor's tough spot against a very good player that he's going to be going to be up against i have Zero faith in Derek Barnett on the other side. I'm sorry. I think his days as an Eagle are numbered. Um, He was a first-round draft pick who got a contract extension. But lo and behold, we're still waiting for him to have that breakout year. It sure as hell wasn't this year. And I don't think this is the breakout game for him this week against Tampa. So it comes down to two guys. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. The best place to pressure Brady is right in his face. Mm-hmm. He's so adept at being able to move from side to side and step out of the pressure and make a play, even though his feet are not exactly set where he wants to set him in the pocket. He's not going to make one on the run, but he is the best dodging pressure quarterback in the history of the National Football League, except if it comes straight at him right up the middle. That's tough to do. And the Eagles have two good defensive tackles who can do that, who can move the pocket. The Tampa offensive line is pretty sturdy uh, up the middle, so it's going to be your best against our best. Do you think Javon Hargrave and uh, Fletcher Cox can do enough to get Brady to get the football out before he actually wants to? Well, it's the only chance that we have uh, on defense to slow down that offense. If it returns to Jonathan Gannon trying to create pressure in other ways, it's lights out early, Jody Mack. So it is. It, it's all we have. That's our that's that's our only ability to be able to do it. We've got to get pressure from the four, uh, and and if not, 
if we don't get pressure up front, as you said, from Hargrave or from Fletcher Cox, uh, could be a long day uh, in Tampa Bay. Let's see if you uh, agree with uh, Johnny Mack. Uh, we were debating a little bit uh, for a segment of the show about how much Jalen Hurts is going to be called upon. Not drop back the pass, pressure's there, first and second options not open. He pulls it down, makes a play with his legs. I still think he's completely capable of playing that. And that can be a game-changing, back-breaking play for the other team's defense. But I'm talking about designated plays where he has not even called to run, but has the option to run. Uh, zone read, RPO, call it what you want. Um, how much do you think Jalen's running is going to be a factor in this game if we assume he's closer to 100% healthy than he has been since he turned his ankle earlier in the season? Well, I think if Jalen could take advantage, Jody Mack, of the ability to extend plays when the opportunity presents itself – and go win this game, Jalen's going to make some plays, you know, from an off from an offensive standpoint. He shouldn't need to do it if they stick to the game plan, if they stick to pounding that football and running that football and running up inside the tackles. Uh, those plays where Jalen Hurts extends the opportunity for the offense to remain on the field, converts a big play, runs for 22 and converts a big first down, they're going to look really good. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts has to – he doesn't – Jalen Hurts can't lose the game, uh, but he certainly has to create some opportunity for this offense to win the game. Uh, you know, and those unscripted plays, I think, will fall out as the game rolls forward. All right. Most, Eagle, most of Eagle Nation has some begrudgingly, some with a smile on their face, have come to the side of Nick Sirianni, that it looks like it was a good hire. Did a damn good job with this team going from 4-11-1 to win the playoffs in the first year at 9-7. and seven. I know the final record says 9-8, and eight, but it was varsity against JV last week. He, he surrendered the game, as a matter of fact. But this is a bit of a mismatch, Crouchy. And I'm talking about the entire coaching staff, not just head coach and head coach, but the coordinators as well. Tampa's coaching staff is pretty damn good, and that's the reason why they are the defending champions. We all look at Brady as well. We should, and he is the biggest piece, but he doesn't do it by himself. He didn't last year. He hasn't this year when, once again, they won 13 games, which is the most in the National Football League, tied with Green Bay. Uh, that's a pretty good bounce back after winning the Super Bowl. I guess there was no Super Bowl hangover that, for them, and part of that is they got an outstanding staff. Is this coaching matchup a mismatch in your uh, opinion? 100% agree with that statement, Jody Mack. And, you know, in terms of, you know, the three areas of this game that will cost the Eagles the W uh, in Tampa, number one on my list is coaching. There's a lot of conversation during the season where coaches don't win the football games, they call the plays and the players have to execute. You get into the postseason, coaching is going to be a significant difference or a significant factor significantly in the outcome of the football game. This one, unfortunately, hands down uh, to the form or to the reigning Super Bowl champions, um, not by a little, by a lot. All right, you and I have both been doing this for a while now, and we've got a good grasp on Eagle Nation. And one thing that I always sing the praises of when it comes to Eagle fans is 
they travel well. They always have, always will. They enjoy getting out of town, going and supporting the green in somebody else's building. And I think they'll attempt to do so this week. I just don't know how much access they're going to have to tickets. It's a whole new brave world. You and I are old enough to remember when you had to go to the stadium, see if you can see a guy walking around going, got two, got two, got two, got two. <laughs> yeah, right. and, and actually the uh, be known as scalpers, which is against the law. Everything is done now, now via computer and on your phone and secondary markets and stuff like that. So I'm not saying the tickets aren't going to be available. They just might be for an outrageous price. And some Eagle fans will go to that length. I don't know about first playoff game. Maybe because they didn't get, the, they saved up all their money from last year because there were no playoff games with the Philadelphia Eagles after a very good three-year straight run. Um, can they get a third of the stadium? Uh, would 70, a quarter of the stadium be good if it was 25%? Somebody told me earlier this week that they think it'll be a 50-50 mix. I don't think that's anywhere near the case. The Bucks built up their fan base with the Super Bowl last year. I, I think you'll see and hear Eagle fans in the stands, but they're not going down and taking over this stadium, are they? No, I mean, I don't think so. I do think that, and I love the Eagle fan base because they do travel, uh, they do travel so well. As a matter of fact, uh, one of our lucky winners from the other night uh, at uh, our live broadcast uh, won a pair of tickets for this football game, and they're heading down to Tampa. They're leaving Saturday morning. So I do think there will be uh, a great showing of Eagle fans that will be in Tampa. It's Florida. It's, it, you know, it's a second home for many Philadelphians in one way, shape, or or, or form. So I do think that Jody Mack, but I don't think it's going to be uh, so overwhelming in the stadium that it's a home field advantage for the Eagles. No, we've been, we've been to games before where that's happened. I just mm -hmm. don't think it's going to be this week. All right, Krause, last thing. I apologize. Unfortunately, I had to be on the air on WIP the other night. Otherwise I would have been down with you with at neck of the woods. 811 coats gathered. I know it's still ongoing, so you're adding to that total. Uh, but you guys did a heck of a job the other night uh, for a very uh, well-worthy uh, uh, charity. And sounds like a good place. I'm going to have to get down. I told this story with Johnny Mack. I used to go to Pittman twice a week for two years, for six months during the year, because my daughter played AAU basketball. And they used to use the Pittman gym. So I have to drive down to Pittman, and I'd just hang around, read a book while she was practicing. If I knew of Neck of the Woods, I know where it would have gone. Jody Mack, Jody Mack, what a great, great spot. Great night, by the way, the other night. No worries, uh, um, obviously, that you weren't able to come there because of your WIP, uh, WIP shift. Uh, but all good stuff, uh, packed to the fire code uh, mm -hmm. the other night. And, of course, 811 coats. I'll be out tonight at Screwballs. We'll be collecting uh, coats out in King of Prussia uh, tonight. And I'll collect all the way through the month. Uh, of January. I'm doing a big distribution this morning as soon as I say goodbye to you here. Um, so it's all good stuff, but I do want to thank everybody for coming out to uh, Neck of the Woods. Uh, and if you haven't tried it yet, Jody Mac, the Krause Coat Check IPA <laughs> is an absolute stone winner. Johnny it's a winner. J-Mac gave it the major thumbs up. He said, I had to try it. He said it was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. The reviews have been uh, fantastic. 
Just ask Barrett Brooks the next time uh, Double B comes uh, onto the show. Uh, he enjoyed it as well. But uh, really, really good stuff, and I appreciate everybody coming out for sure. Does, does uh, Usually you get it in a pint glass, right, Krause? Mm-hmm. Uh, Barrett, one sip or two. He's a big boy. I, yeah, he's a big boy. Uh, all I know is his refill on the deck uh, was fast and furious. Yeah, and that, I picked that, it, and I picked up the tab for the all personalities at the end of the night. So uh, uh, without disclosing the dollar amount, it was all good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Barrett will run it up pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I mean. good stuff, no doubt. Krause, great stuff. Thanks, brother. And again, my apologies for not being there. Great job by you and all the people who came out. And I'm guessing they'll have a couple people in there watching the game on Sunday, Neck of the Woods? Yeah, Neck of the Woods, absolutely. And flowing on tap now, Krause's coat check. IPA, it's good stuff. And, uh, go and, birds, man. Let's get a win on Sunday. Don't don't tell Krause this, but if you go and have a, an IPA at Neck of the Woods and they lose, you can blame Krause afterwards. If the Eagles don't win, it was Krause's IPA that caused the Eagles to lose. But yeah. if they win, you got to give them credit for it, too. Yeah, Krause, yeah. always a pleasure. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Jody Mack. We'll come back, Birds 365. We've given you the Eagle perspective of this leading up to today throughout the entire week. We haven't had a Tampa guy on yet. We're going to do that next, so we want you to stay tuned. J.C. Allen from PewterReport.com going to hop aboard. We'll take a look at it from the other side. Tampa perspective next on Bucks Eagles here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. 
a catastrophic injury while working on the job, a personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. between the Bucks and the Eagles in wild card round, the super wild card round of the NFL playoffs, overstating as usual. Uh, but it is uh, a key game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they plan on going back to back to the Super Bowls. Yeah, they got to win the first one if they're going to win them all again. We'll see if that's the case. Eagles going to try and stop that in its tracks. Here to give us a Tampa perspective on the Bucks and the Birds matchup uh, from our uh, outlet down in Tampa. Uh, pewter report and uh, it does a dynamite job of covering the eagles on uh, excuse me on the bucks on a day in day out basis jc allen joins me on uh birds 365 jc you got i was making fun of krause because he doesn't have to use the green screen like me my previous guest you you go with the black behind you there buddy is that uh trying to tell us anything about how the bucks are going to be ready to take on the eagles this week yeah, it's a curtain call for the Eagles this week. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I set you up perfectly for that one. Very good. 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 How are we doing? Great to be back on the show. Appreciate you coming on board. Thank you very much. If I remember right, last time we had you on, you had like your computer out on a golf cart. You were yeah. getting getting uh, nine in or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's much warmer out there. It's 60 degrees right now, so it's cold. I got to be inside. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, man. I feel so badly that it's 60 degrees in Tampa <laughs> as it's 18 here in Philadelphia. Since yeah. you went there, let me follow up. Potential for rain on Sunday? No, we're still a couple days out, and forecasts are what forecasts are. And uh, even Coach Arians quipped yesterday, hey, uh, give it 10 minutes. The weather will change here in Tampa. <laughs> That's, not as, not yeah. as much on the West Coast as the East Coast of Florida, but if it, there is rain in the forecast and does rain, I've actually said I think that helps the Eagles because they're going to try and keep this a conservative and a ground and pound type um, uh, game because that's what they do best run the football. Um, your read on the weather, if it is an off track, is that a plus for the Eagles or am I looking at this through bird colored glasses? You know, Arians did say it best. If you don't like the, there's a saying in Florida, if you don't like the weather, wait 30 minutes, it'll probably change. Monday, we were supposed to get rain. There's 70% chance of rain on Monday. It didn't rain at all. So looking at the forecast now, it, it does call for rain and high winds. Um, it, it's exactly like I said, just got to wait it out. It, it could, could definitely change. You could Sunday morning, it could, the rain could not even be there. So, but it does, I think it would play into what Philly wants to do. Obviously this is the number one passing offense in the league for the Buccaneers. Um, and they throw the rock at an exceptional rate. You got Tom Brady led every passing statistical category, even some of the advanced metrics. Um, so to put the ball, take the ball out of his hands is something that they don't want. They don't, they wouldn't want to have to do. But this is Tom Brady too. 
he can play in any weather situation. We've seen it all the way back from his first season in that snowball against the Raiders. You know, I'm not worried about Tom Brady throwing the ball. Mike Evans yesterday said that he had, you know, the, the NFL has special rain gloves that helps him catch in, in the, in the, you know, when it's, when it's windy, when it's cold, when it's raining out, they'll probably do some wet ball drills. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps the Eagles. You know, that's what they want to do. That's been their bread and butter since they've kind of turned uh, their season around is, is really run the ball and run it efficiently. So if, if it's the, the weather calls for it, that definitely plays into their hand. All right. Wet track, dry track. We'll factor it in when we get there on Sunday. Um, I saw an article on, on your site about the, the Bucks, uh defense against the run. Start of the season when these two teams played, they came in as the number one run defense in the National Football League. Uh, they're not that anymore. They've dropped down a couple of slots. They certainly have been as good. I talked to uh, an Eagle buddy of mine, writer, uh, Ruben Frank, who covers the Eagles, and he said second half of the season, Bucks against the run were 18th in the National Football League. So they're dominant in the first half, which included the victory over the Eagles. Not as dominant in the second half. What's been the difference? If they're using the analysis the same way I am, uh, surely they want to make an adjustment to it. What will they do against a team that wants to come in and just try and run it down their throats? Well, quite frankly, the difference has been injuries, right? I mean, you've lost a lot of players. JPP's out there with a torn rotator cuff and a fractured finger, a split finger. Uh, they lost Levante David for the last three games. They lost Shaq Barrett for the last two and a half games. Uh, you know, injuries have really started to pile up for this Bucks, and they've been the walking wounded all season long. You look at the secondary, still has not played a complete game together all season long. Uh, the last two weeks, you thought you were going to get that, but Sean Murphy Bunting goes out in, the, in week 17. Jarrell Dean goes out, and it's been tackling as well. Um, you know, Devin White has had three really bad games tackling. Um, so it, they're going to have to turn it around. They're going to have to make sure they're playing sound technique uh, when it comes to tackling. They're going to have to really hope Levante's back because uh, he's a huge part of that. And uh, they're going to have to get some solid push and, and make sure that these holes aren't being opened up by this, you know, pretty good uh, Philadelphia offensive line. So um, there's no doubt in my mind they can turn it around. You, you kind of – no team has been able to run on the Bucks for four quarters. They've either had nice halves, they've had good quarters, but they haven't been able to do it for four quarters. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see if the Eagles can be the first team to do that, and that's certainly going to be their game plan. No kind of like the weather. We can speculate on it, but we won't really know until we actually get to 1 o'clock on Sunday. But I'm going to ask you to do just that, speculate. The injuries, as you mentioned, the Bucks have been a little beaten up here in the second half of the season. And they've got guys who are questionable coming into Sunday's game. Some guys are givens, some guys are questionable, some are doubtful, and sometimes questionable guys don't play and doubtful guys end up playing. So you never really know until they get on the field on Sunday. But do your best guess scenario for us. How better will the Bucks be rejuvenated and guys back to the lineup? Is this going to be a better defense because of guys coming back from injury uh, than we've seen over the last quarter of the season? Oh, for sure. You're bringing back some Pro Bowl, all pro players. You know, Shaq Barrett's going to be back. That's, you know, he's in a knee brace now, but all indications are that he should be back. J Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, they've sat him out the last three games for rest for this reason to be good to go in the playoffs. Uh, Levante David, you know, they're like, again, they're listed as questionable. It's a, it's a hopeful, it's a game time type deal. We'll see, you know, they did a walkthrough yesterday at practice. Pads come on today and tomorrow. We'll see what that looks like. But I, I'm fairly confident, you know, 
it's it's a zero zero season. It's a one game, you know, win it, win it, go home. So you got to get your guys out there. You got to make sure that, you know, you're not reserving them. This Eagles team is, isn't a team while they are the last team to make it in the playoffs, the seventh seed and really didn't look like they were going to make it. Um, it's not a team to take lightly and you've got to make sure you have your troops out there. So I would think that a majority of these guys are back. I know Leonard Fournette's probably going to definitely be back. I mean, that's just one guy. You'll probably be without Rojo, probably without Cyril Grayson. Um, Anthony Nelson looks like a question mark, which is tough because he's great at setting the run, uh, the edge on run, and has really came on as a pass rusher. But, you know, I think the majority of the guys that need to be out there will be out there for this team on Sunday. Fair enough. Uh, and you mentioned Leonard Fournette, who's missed the last couple of weeks. We know how integral he was to the playoff run to the Super Bowl that they made last week. And Brady does like to have that uh, safety blanket guy coming out yeah. of the running back that he can check down to. And Fournette became very good at it once he became a Buccaneer. Is that something you're going to have to wait to judge and see the first play? Looks like he's going to go. But going doesn't necessarily equate to being at the top of his game. We've got a similar situation with the Eagles. Jordan Howard, who came in off the scrap heap, ran the ball really effectively with the Eagles, got hurt himself, came back, played the next to last game of the season. You could tell he just wasn't himself. He played. He had a couple of good runs, but he also had some mediocre to poor runs just because he's not 100%. When will you know what level Fournette is playing at? So Fournette was out of practice, off working off to the side, you know, all, all last week with trainers, um, doing some sprints, doing some cuts. He looked pretty good. I think he's going to be good to go. Um, you know, I, no one's 100% this time of year, but as close to it as I think he he will be, he'll be out there. And you mentioned, yeah, I mean, Fournette, that pass catching back, that's going to be a huge role because of the way that, that Philly plays defense, they're going to give you that six to eight yards underneath in that zone defense and, and rely on those rally tackles. And, and Tom is going to take that. If you give that to him, Tom's going to take that all day. And then you've got to stop a 225-pound Leonard Fournette. So um, it, it becomes a difficult matchup. So I think, you know, it's going to take some uh, some deviation of what the Eagles have done. It, once Tom Brady starts finding Fournette down in the flat over and over again, check down Tom, that's what they call him. You know, it, it's going to – Philly's going to have to deviate from what their game plan may initially be and what they've done the past eight weeks of the season um, and switch it up. Two guys who were pretty key to the Bucks win over the Eagles back in October and for the entire season, being honest, in the Bucks passing game, we're not going to be part of it on Sunday. Chris Godwin is injured and is unquestionably out. Antonio Brown is in parts unknown. So he's not going to be making any plays against Eagles like he did uh, earlier this year. How are they going to fill that void? Not one, but two key receivers no longer here. I know Tom Brady has an unbelievable reason he's the GOAT. Unbelievable capability of bringing guys to a level that they've never been at before. Who are those guys going to be on Sunday? Well, you start with a guy who didn't play on week six, and that's a guy that I don't think Philadelphia's defense has an answer for, and that's Rob Gronkowski. Um, you look at the linebackers, look at the safeties that the Eagles have, I don't see anyone that can match up with Grok one-on-one and really be able to stop him. Now, that means you have Mike Evans and, you know, with Darius Slay most of the time um, if he's lined up. I, I, don't, I haven't seen Slay follow many receivers this year around as a shadow, um, and the Bucks have been creative in getting him in the slot and using him in various different ways. So, um, you know, those are the guys. And if you look at it, and, and again, I've said this uh, on other shows, no disrespect to you know, other than that 2007 year, no disrespect to guys like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Troy Brown, but Gronk and Mike Evans is the best duo that he's had. 
um, strictly, uh, you know, throughout his career, you know. Um, so he's still got two really strong weapons. You're throwing Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, who's been, you know, amazing catching the ball. Can he turn on his running prowess and become playoff Lenny again? We'll see. Um, but there's still weapons there. Scotty Miller still that he hasn't been involved much, but he's still that that guy to separate, take the top off with his speed. Rashad Perriman's another speed guy who can play, you know, a variety of roles. We've seen him win the game-winning touchdown. Um a few weeks back, last week, he made an, an incredible uh, toe-drag swag catch to set them up in, in, in the red zone. So there's guys, Tyler Johnson's done a good job stepping up. There's guys there that can, that will be able to exploit, you know, the Steve Nelsons and, uh, you know, the Avante Maddoxes, um, especially if you can get Mike Evans on Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox has, has turned into a really good nickel cornerback. But you're going 5'8", 180 pounds versus Mike Evans. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a mismatch there. We know the Fournette's going to be the number one guy if he's good to go. And we'll be able to judge that when we see a couple series on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be on Sunday. But um, if he's not 100% and or he re-injures himself, uh, not going to be Ronald Jones. to look like he's going to be out. Keyshawn Vaughn has done a nice job draft pick. Uh, who's come in and, and made a couple of plays for them over uh, the last couple of weeks. But they may get Giovanni Bernard back, who I thought was an under-the-radar radar signing by uh, by the Bucks during the offseason. Very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, is he going to be a factor in the game plan? Does he only play if Fournette isn't what he's supposed to be? What does Giovanni Bernard bring to the table for the Bucks if he's back in the lineup on Sunday? I mean, you mentioned it, pass catching. He's one of the best pass catching backs in the NFL, even at his age and even with the injuries, if he can come back, uh, you know, Bucks fans were kind of, and, and, you know, the media, we were like, what are you doing? Use Gio Moore. And, and you know, Bruce was adamant. He's our third down back and our two-minute drill back. And um, just what he brings is as well as a pass blocker, too. He's one of the best backs in, in the league as a pass protecting block. Not that I think that the Bucks will need a lot of pass protection from that because – you know, the Eagles don't blitz a lot. You know, they're 31st in the league in blitz rate and blitz percentage and, and 31st in the league in sacks. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, but having him back there in case that's necessary is huge. Um, I'm not sure how much he'll be utilizing the game plan because it is his first game back. I think he's pretty healthy at this point to come back. Um but I don't know if he's going to be – because he wasn't before a, a huge part of the game plan. But if they get him out there and they need him, I think he'll do exactly what he does best, and that's, you know, catch the ball, make some yards after the catch, and, and really help this team push the ball, especially if it's on third downs. Everybody respects Vita Vea as maybe the best run stopper in the National Football League as well they should. But much like with Brady, the Eagles want to get pressure, don't know how they're going to get it, but they're going to try um, – are the Bucks ready to make uh, Jalen Hurts' life more difficult? The Eagles want to run the football, but if they can't, scoreboard dictates they've got to be able to throw it. Where is the Buck pressure going to come from? Yeah, I mean, that's a good – That's I think that's the Bucks' game plan, right, is, you know, you know, hopefully get the ball first, go down and score, you know, get a big stop um, on that Eagles offense and then get the ball back and score. And now you put the Eagles down two scores – and now it kind of takes them out of what they want. You go up three scores, it forces them to pass. So, you know, that's exactly what the Bucks want. And they want to be able to get those guys and send those guys. I mean, this is the team that blitzes more than any team in the entire league. Um, 
at a, an alarming rate sometimes where you're like, stop blitzing. Um, but, you know. Oh, it, that, that's why Todd Bowles belongs in Philadelphia. <laughs> they love the blitz here in Philadelphia, but it just doesn't come very often. No, but I mean, that's the thing. So I think it's going to come from obviously Vita Vea pushing the pocket. Uh, Nadam Kasu and Will Golston, who's really come on as a pass rusher this year. Um, and then you're getting Shaq back in JPP. Joe Tryon Shrink is that wild card. He can play inside, play outside. Um, he's been great. They'll send Devin White on some blitzes. They'll send some, you know, Jordan Whitehead or Antoine Winfield on some blitzes. So they'll try to get the pressure. The thing about the pressure is they need to get home and they need to wrap up and they need to tackle. That was a big part of what happened in week six with, with Jalen Hurts being able to evade the pressure and get out and, and make plays with his legs. And that's what he does so well because he's not a pocket quarterback, you know, and, you know, that's what Vita Vey is going to want to do is going to want to push Jason Kelsey back in the pocket and slide out Hurts to make him, you know, uh, less effective as a passer, and that's where it's on your guys on the end if they're blitzing or if they're just you know con- they need to contain, they need to contain, and they need to wrap up. And tackling's been an issue. You mentioned earlier that uh, you haven't seen much of Darius Slay traveling with the best wide receiver on Eagles defense, and you're right. The the DC uh, Jonathan Gannon prefers not to do that. He prefers to stick with the zone defenses that he likes uh, and. He only sends Slay with the best player when he thinks it's necessary. Oh, I think he's going to think it's necessary this week. So expect him to follow and travel with uh, Evans a lot. Flip side it. Bucks on defense. Right now, Devontae Smith is not only the Eagles' best wide receiver. He's their best wide receiver by a pretty damn big margin. Yeah. So I would think the Bucks would be thinking along the same lines if they have a corner that they have that kind of trust in. Gannon has that kind of trust in Slay. If they were going to do it in, against Devontae Smith, that you were going to put your best cornerback on him and send him wherever and maybe shade the defense a little that way, who does that corner responsibility fall on? Uh, hands down, Carlton Davis. So I think he's a top 10 cornerback in the league. You see what he's been able to do against some of the top flight receivers in the league. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, you know, shut him down last year, six catches, 60-something yards. To me, that shut down Devontae Adams. So he's been a, he's a lockdown corner. Um, I, I think that's the guy who you're going to want to put on put on Devontae Smith. But I also have confidence in, in the other corners. Jamel Dean is ranked, you know, as, as a top 10 coverage corner in the league. Uh, this season, he's got the speed as well. Is he is he going to play? Because I know I, he was limited in practice yesterday. Yeah. He's, got some, day, maybe. he's got some hamstring tightness, but he'll play. Um, you know, him and Sean Murphy Bunting, both hamstring uh, tightness. But I think both of those guys will play. But, yeah, I mean, Carlton Davis would be the guy. But I, I don't necessarily know if they're going to have that kind of, hey, you follow him, you follow that guy. Okay. Um, because I think they have confidence in all their cornerbacks to get the job done. Now, if he starts burning them, they might say, "All right, Carlton, you got to follow this guy." But um, you know, right now, I don't, I don't see that that being the game plan. All right, last thing, and I just ran this by my previous guest uh, about Eagle Nation and their ability to travel. They're one of the better traveling fan bases yeah. in the National Football League. They love their birds. Uh, there are some people who can afford to pay big money for tickets, and they got on a plane and go. But you got to be able to get the tickets. And after last year's Super Bowl, it seems to me like the Bucks attendance certainly went only oh, went yeah. to sellout levels and locked in too. That other teams' fan bases just weren't getting into their games this year. Playoff game is a playoff game, which makes it even tougher. 
Uh, give us your percentage on what you think the Eagle fan base is going to be able to get as far as the percentage of the stadium goes. They'll probably get around 25%, I think. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, even regular, you know, if you weren't a season ticket holder this year, you're buying tickets on the secondary market. I mean, they, they sold out every season ticket um, this season. So it's, uh, you know, I think they're probably at 25, 30%. Some Tampa Bay fans, you know, or they're either out of state or whatnot, or they'll find, they'll, you know, sell your tickets for 800 bucks and they'll be happy making that money and watching it at home, especially if, if the weather does call for rain. So they'll, I, you know, they'll get some, they'll definitely get some, uh, get some tickets out there and should have a good, I know a few guys were already going out there, so they should have a good fan base out there for sure. Right. And there are some tickets that are purchased just purely for resale. So uh, they're going to be able to get, some percentage of the stadium. I think you got a pretty good number on it. I think 2025 is the top. All right, last thing. Um, no, you're leaning toward the Bucs. You're a good Buck reporter, and you gave us some good insight, and I can read what you're saying. The Bucs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. They're supposed to win this game. They are the defending champions. Here's the question I'll ask you. Will this be a one-score game in the fourth quarter? If Tampa's ahead... Will it be by 14, 17, 21 points? Or will it be within eight or seven or a, a one score? Will at any point in the fourth quarter, this be a one score game? I could see that potentially. Um, but I could also see it being like week six where the Eagles are rallying back as well. Um, I currently have the Bucks uh, as a 13 point, you know, with a 13 point margin of victory right now, uh, 33-20. But, you know, the, the Eagles they present some some challenges and it's going to take a really, you know, really solid game plan by the Eagles and, and execution, of course. Um, I, I think if you're the Eagles, what you, what you need to do is you need to look at what the Panthers did in the first quarter um, last week against the Bucks and sustain that. They ran the ball and they ran the clock off. They, the Bucks had three offensive plays of three and out and they took over the entire first quarter, pretty much the entire 15 minutes. They had the ball. Um, they ended up with three, and that's not what well, you can't do that with the box. So, especially the way they've been playing at home, they need to have long drive, uh, you know, clock killing, drive sustaining drives that put seven on the board. And if they can do that, that's going to take the Bucks out of their element. Um, but I, I it, it's going to be a tough matchup for the for Philly's defense, I think, even so. I think the Bucs have put on 33 points, you know, average at home. They've been one of the best home teams, 7-1, which is a franchise record. Eagles haven't been too great on the road. Their resurgence hasn't came against great competition. So this is going to be a big test for them. Um, and if they can get by it, uh, you know, they're going to have a lot to celebrate for. Um, but this is an empty This is an empty the playbook out week for the Eagles too, right? Cool. It's uh, oh, yeah. You know, you're not holding anything for next week. It's we made the playoffs as a seventh seed. We weren't expected to be here, um, and we'll see what they can come up with because it's going to be a tough challenge, I think. All right, JC, I lied. I got one more question for you. Okay, uh, okay. just just uh, a little aside. Um, will Tom Brady be made available to the media either of the next two days, either today or tomorrow? He'll be available to today to Tampa media. I'm not sure if it's um, if it's like if he's going to do conference call with with Eagles right, media. Okay. But they can. I believe they can. It's all Zoom now. Right. So, I mean, Every, everything's Zooming. So here's the question I would ask you: If you feel feel free to ask it of Tom, if you so desire, 
Don't think you will, but I'll put it out there into the ether. What is Brady going to be doing at 8.30 on Saturday night? We know how uh, proficient a preparer he is and how dedicated he is. Uh, but that Belichick guy is going to be coaching in the playoffs. That wasn't a worry last year when yeah. Tom was making his Super Bowl run because yeah, Bill had the rest of the year off after the season <laughs> finished. But they will be playing Saturday night at 8 o'clock while Tom's getting his beauty rest for the upcoming game on Will he be tempted to turn the TV on and watch his former mates play? Just a thought, just something that made me say, hmm, if you want to go ahead and use that with Brady this afternoon, I know you got more important things to ask, but if you want to no, sneak that a, in there. It's an interesting question because Julian Edelman just dropped 100K on a, on a Bucks patriots Super Bowl. I don't know if you've seen that uh, on the Twitter sphere, but yeah, he, he dropped a $100,000 on a bet to win 500K. Uh, for the for it to be a Tampa Patriots Super Bowl, so that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's and just good. to just to address some of your your listeners, I understand that the Eagles are six and three on the road, but a lot of those road wins aren't against great competition, and the ones you dropped are obviously significant. You know, forty one points to the Cowboys, 30, mm, yeah, 30, 33 points to the Raiders. So I didn't want to bring it up. I don't want to have you flashbacks, but you guys you guys call me out in the comments over there about your about your road record. Look at who you played and then come back at me. That, that, that's <laughs> that's true. Um, the the Raiders game was the ugly game, but that was a game that you could make the argument tr- change them into a running team, which has been rather successful for them. Yeah. If they can run against the Bucks on Sunday, they can win the game. If they can, Absolutely. yeah, it could get ugly. You're you're right about that. Right. JC, good stuff. Uh, appreciate you coming on board. And- Feel free to ask Brady what he's doing on Saturday night <laughs> if you get the chance later today. It's a good question. I, I appreciate you guys having me on here. And, uh, hey, it should be a fun game. You know, uh, really looking forward to it. And, again, thanks for having me on. You got it. J.C. Allen from Pewter Report here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, we're going to put a little bit of an early bow on the show today. We'll save our, all our best stuff for tomorrow because that is the uh, penultimate day before the game. Uh, so we'll come back and uh, wrap up another edition of Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, 
visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Put the final touches on the Birds 365 Thursday edition. Yes, we'll be back for the Friday true prep for the game against the Bucks on Sunday. Johnny Mack will be back. Hopefully he passes his COVID test. And he's on the Tampa, but he'll be here with us tomorrow. Um, thank JC Allen for hopping aboard, giving us a Tampa perspective. Yeah, he's a he's a Bucks guy. He's a Bucks reporter, and he sounds like a Bucks fan. Not an over-the-top abusive one, but yeah, did you expect them to come on here and say, oh, no, I think the Eagles are going to win. The Bucks are overmatched, and it wasn't happening. So uh, he gave us a straight uh, shooting uh, opinion, which we always appreciate. Um, here's one of the things I have a concern with for the game coming up on Sunday. The Eagles are going to need above and beyond linebacker play. J.C. Edwards has had a phenomenal year. Uh, as far as expectations go. He was supposed to be their reserve linebacker coming into the season. We knew the Eagles were going to be playing more two linebacker sets than three linebacker sets, and that's certainly the way it's turned out to be. Um, But Avery was supposed to play more than him. Singletary was supposed to play more than him. The now-since-long-forgotten Eric Wilson was supposed to play more than him. And D.J. Edwards has not only come in and been a uh, three-down linebacker, he's been the best Eagles linebacker by far. A lot is going to be on his plate on Sunday because the Bucs do like to throw the ball out of the backfield. And guys out of the backfield, it's tough. And I know Gannon plays a lot of zone defense, so the responsibility is going to fall to whoever zone it is, that uh, whether it's Leonard Fournette or Giovanni Bernard out of the backfield they can play. A lot of times it's the linebacker who has to make that tackle on the play. It's in space, and the linebacker has to come up with the tackle. I got faith. In Edwards, not as much faith in Singletary, that much less faith in Avery if he's out there. You're hoping Avery gets at least one play on a blitz coming in, gets his hands on a football or brings Brady Brady to the ground. Uh, Don't want to see Jannard Avery in um, space against a Tampa Bay running back. And, oh, by the way, one last thing. uh, Don't fall for the 
Leonard Fournette trying to suck you into a taunting penalty. Mr. Avery did that the last game. Don't fall for that again. Uh, not really worried about it, but I just want to put it out there. Um, yeah, linebackers have to play key. And on defense, it's going to be two guys. I, I, I hope Josh Sweat has a game-wrecking type game in him like he did uh, just this month for the Eagles. I don't think it's going to come against Tristan Wirth. Maybe Derek Barnett shocks the world and has a big game and gets pressure on Brady. Doubting it. It's going to be the two guys in the middle. This is on Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. They're both well above average defensive tackles. The Bucks offensive line is very good in the middle. They're sent to Ryan Jensen. I think he's right there with Jason Kelsey. He's one of the best centers in the league. It's not going to be easy, but they need pressure up the middle because that's how you get Brady out of his game is just get in his face. And the Eagles have, over the last month, with both of those two guys playing well, been able to just push the pocket straight back. Going to be difficult to do against Tampa's line. They've done it against some lesser lines like the New York Giant line, which has been a sieve all year. They're going to have to do it against a formidable line like Tampa. But if they do, then yeah, they've got a chance to keep braiding from going up and down the field and dominating on offense. We'll give you that much more of this again tomorrow. Uh, John and I will go on the record, make our official picks. Uh, game day, Kratz is scheduled to join us, so we get Ed Kratz on, uh, and we'll probably get another Eagle guest up as well. For those of you heading down to Tampa, Tampa, make sure you have us ready to rock and roll tomorrow at 8 a.m., be it on your computer, on your TV, if you're using the smart TV or on your phone. Uh, you want to be here for the Friday edition before we get ready for a playoff. This is the first year of Birds 365, and hopefully it's playoffs year after year after year for us and for all Eagle fans. We'll give you a football Friday edition of Birds 365 in 22 hours. Catch you back. If you, if you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.